Army of 82. Oh, all through the night today. It's Ric Flair Day. Favorite day of the week. Simon sent 100 elixir. Bleedy Simon's here for Ric Flair Day. Simon, I hope you watched your Mark Madden podcast this week. You know, Bleedy's, we don't have a lot of wrestlers doing podcasts. All right, hold on. We got a <laughs> few of them. But not all, a lot of them are dying. Not all of them are on their death chair, their death podcasting chair. This guy could go any second. No one's surprised. He died two years ago already. And he talked about that on his latest episode. That's this type of stuff Ric Flair will cover. He'll, because he doesn't have a filter. He doesn't know what he shouldn't say. He's already been canceled for raping an airline girl. So now <laughs> words don't mean nothing. Well, and it almost, like with Conrad, there's so much of a businessman there. You know he's putting leashes on Bruce. He's putting leashes on Arn Anderson. Those guys have so many awesome stories, but they really got to put a filter on those. With Rick, there's, I don't know if, I don't listen to that show regularly. I assume the advertisers are staying as far away as they possibly could. We're not going to be interrupted by Blue Chew and 1-800-Flowers and, uh, and anything else. Nitso ads about drunk driving. We're just going to get to listen to Ric Flair in all of his glory. You know what? Julie's gum or whatever the fuck that gum is that takes it has nicotine. Oh, yeah, we're getting ads. But Ric Flair is saying woo, so who cares? Now, here, unfortunately, Bleedies, it's not all controversy. It's not all partying. It's not all woo. Sometimes it's just sad. You know, Ric Flair will say sad things. Others might keep to themselves. Some more limited than others. Yes. <laughs> Fair to say. Uh, Brandon tweets, thoughts on WWE seemingly ousting Triple H. Gee, is, is Triple H been ousted, Rick? I don't, I don't know what's going on up there. I don't know. If I don't know what either. Ladies, has Triple H been ousted before we hear Ric Flair's full answer? I, I think he was ousted. It definitely seems like we've kind of sh- we've we've definitely redirected towards his vision of nxt and kind of what his thoughts and processes were but he still is heavily involved in at least developing new talent it seems like he's still always going to be ladies we that. just fired the vice president of global talent something and triple h is the executive vice president of global talent something we already ousted his female colleague and he if he was a girl and that's a girl we need to keep them for diversity for statistics triple h is a white male he might be gone already Triple H might be keeping it to himself. We released all his guys, Bleedies. You saw Dynamite tonight. Uh, Adam Cole said boom. And that's Triple H's uh, toy. That's his pet. Vince McMahon isn't the only one with toys and pets. And he'll throw yours in the trash, AEW. Yeah, this main event definitely did reek of, wow, like smaller guys. It's all NXT. Whenever you see the Undisputed Era now together somewhere outside of NXT, it really does seem like, wow, that... That whole WWE thing kind of, or that NXT thing is really over. That black and gold is over. When you get to see Tommaso Ciampa wearing a Braun Breaker singlet, you suddenly realize Triple H has no more control over his own company. And, yeah, as far as him being ousted from that creative position, there's no way he's being let go or being ousted. He's going to, for all we know, he's going to show up at Mania and win the title. So let's settle down. Create all positions. He's done. The ladies, Cody Rhodes left AEW. That means Triple H, Triple H left WWE. You don't know. You don't know what trade is happening. They're the same guy. They're the <laughs> same rich idiot wrestler. They're the yin and yang. Cody wants it to be true, and so do I. So it's true. So get ready now. Let's hear Ric Flair confirm it. Since you're still not sure, is Triple H been ousted, Rick? I don't. I don't know what's going on up there. I don't know. If I have Austin's no idea either. I have no idea either. He and I, but we're incredibly close, and now I never hear from him. So I don't know. 
Oh. Here's one from Boone. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not the answer I was expecting. I, I could have sworn there were father and son bleedies. So you're telling me Triple H is like everyone else in that bubble? Once you, you're out of the company, you're not allowed to talk to people out of the company, huh? So best friends, father figures. No, Vince McMahon's your father figure. Forget about Ric Flair. He's NWA still, right? Well, and this definitely felt really, really personal. Because even as an analyst, you know, like, you hear guys on, on the shows now where they, you know, look, I played several years with so-and-so. I played with Tom Brady in New England, and here's what I think. It, it seems like Flair couldn't he, – he didn't give a shit about the question. It was more – Oh, you brought up Triple H. Yeah, he and I don't talk anymore. Like there, as far as like a podcast or an analyst, there could have been a little bit more of a Ric Flair saying, "Yeah, they don't like NXT. They're moving on from that." Instead, it's like, "Hey, Hunter, you piece of shit. Uh, you have your whole NXT. I got beat up by Batista backstage. You never talk to me ever again after that." Doesn't have a sense of I'm dying. I already died for you. At your, I was on commentary and started snoring. Ladies, please. I think that was Ric Flair. A lot of these southern hayseed white wrestlers do the same shit. So he's, and you know Ric Flair, he's not just going to cry. He's going to lash out. There's a second clip from this episode where he lashes out on his feelings. But let's just experience the feelings again. It's G. Is, is Triple H been ousted, Rick? I don't, I don't know what's going on up there. I don't know. I have Austin's no idea going. either. I have no idea either. He and I were incredibly close, and now I never hear from him. So I don't know. Oh. Here's one from Boone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you saw how Charlotte treated him on Raw. Does anyone like this guy? I was even wondering where Lacey Evans has been. It seems like she had the baby, right? It seems like it's time for her to come back. What better way to bring her back than WrestleMania, distract Charlotte, bring Ric Flair back. He and Triple H can talk once again. Maybe we need Triple H in somebody's corner. Isn't Austin Theory his son? This is a storyline, Bleedies. This is real life. Ric Flair <laughs> broke his black back in a real-life plane crash. And this is real emotions. So, now, who would you say is Triple H's guy in WWE? Uh, main eventer, you know, the guy that Triple H would call the best in the world right now. Oh, I think he made Seth Rollins, right? Isn't that kind of, oh, who am I going to work a 27-minute WrestleMania match with? It's Seth Rollins. It's, it's gold pants Seth Rollins, the torch-burning symbolization at WrestleMania. Like, that seems, and he was an NXT FCW guy. I think Triple H has really, really done a good job at making a, the whole authority storyline. Everything was, get ready, Seth Rollins is your next me. I'm so glad you got that right. I thought I was going to have to lay more hints. Like, I said main eventer, and then I'm like, he's going to say Roman. This fucking idiot thinks Roman Reigns is Ric Flair's guy, or Triple H's guy. But no, it's Seth Rollins, you're right, he's the architect. I didn't even have to say the architect, and you got it right. So now, about 20 minutes later in this conversation, we have a bullet shot fired, a bullet club back to Japan, and it's, of course, that Triple H's guy. Well, I know. I, I have a special place for Buddy Murphy. I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I think that he's a better... <laughs> oh, the Who should tell him? I didn't hear that audio. I only read it, so the laugh is so great. All right, sorry. Let's go. You're better than Seth Rollins. Remember when they were together? Right. <laughs> I used to say, don't ever take a backseat to Seth. <laughs> You're better. But, you know, I'm, obnox I'm obnoxious in the way I handle things sometimes. <laughs> well, no, but what do you, what do you like about it? I, I, no, I, said, I said it in the room with Seth right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what do you like about, about Buddy Mac? What do you like about Buddy Mac, ladies? And is, is there a bigger insult? Then someone saying Buddy Murphy's better than you. 
Like, you, that's as low as a blow can get. And maybe in ring, you can make an argument like, I love a nice Buddy Murphy cruiserweight match. Him and Mustafa Ali really tore the house down at that one Survivor Series when he was the best kept secret in WWE on 205 Live. That was kind of a romantic time for Buddy Murphy. But I don't know. I saw him tonight on Dynamite, and he sucked. Like, So it's kind of this weird world where I think there's an oversaturation of Seth Rollins and an undersaturation of Buddy Murphy. So when you're Ric Flair, and you, every time you're around, you're like, this fucking Seth Rollins guy is always doing something important. He's always on top. And then you see Buddy, and you're like, that kid's working his ass off. I like Buddy Murphy. I don't know if seriously if I watch one of their – like if they had a match together, I feel like Seth would have to carry it. Rick must mean lean buddy before the drugs and the needles and whatnot. I don't like this new meathead buddy, but I love this clip. Tell him you're better than Seth Rollins. Oh, where's the laugh? Give me the laugh again. <laughs> Special place for Buddy Murphy. I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I think that he's a better. Who <laughs> should tell him you're better See? than Seth Rollins? He knows what he what he's about to say. Who it's gonna hurt. He knows there's collateral damage. Also, we know it's Becky's husband he's talking shit about. And he loves to hurt Becky, too. So he's been already intentionally hurting Becky through Seth for what seems like years now on this podcast. That's existed for 11 episodes. But now he's using him against Hunter. He's a better... <laughs> and also, he starts to just say, like, rather than going into that story, that was really just a euphemism of the statement. <laughs> oh, a way of saying how he feels, but sugarcoating it. His laugh. Oh, I said it when he was in the room with me. No way he said it with Seth in the room. But I would, so I think he's, he said he was obnoxious. I believe he would. But listen to him catch himself before he says it. Plays for Buddy Murphy. I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I think that he's a better... <laughs> he's a better... Fleeties, <laughs> you're a better ha-ha-ha, <laughs> too. It's rough to... like. Maybe he's laughing because he's having trouble saying that seriously. And again, it is... Seth Rollins is the top dog. You see him a lot. Even if we don't have anything for him, he's going to main event Raw in a tag match. Like, we need to make sure Seth Rollins is on the show. Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews has never been that guy. He's never been, make sure we have something for Buddy. Like, he's never had a throwaway filler feud with somebody. He didn't feud with the, I guess he did feud with the Mysterios. But even Seth, like, that was his feud for all those months. Even if we were so done with it and so tired of it, it was still, well, Seth's got to be doing something, okay? Let's just have him work with this kid who can barely talk because Seth will talk for both of them. I don't know if Buddy has that. We saw him cut a promo, and, and the way they did this was horrible tonight on Dynamite. Let's have uh, Alistair talk, who's great, and then Brody shows up. You're like, this guy's so underrated. Why isn't he a bigger star? And then Buddy walks up, and you're like, oh, man, he really brings this whole thing to an awkward halt. You're so right. The laugh is definitely like a this isn't true. I don't believe it. And I don't mean it. And that's even more proof he's just saying it to spite people. He's able to knock down a couple birds with one stone right here. Becky and uh, Triple H had to cry together. Well, I know. I, I have a special place for Buddy Murphy. I like Seth, Buddy what? What? He said what? <laughs> Who? The inbred? The Aussie? What? I a lot. I think that he's a better. <laughs> I, who should tell him, you're better than Seth Rollins. Remember when they were together? Right. I had to say, had to, don't ever take a backseat to Seth. <laughs> You're better. Oh but, you know, I'm, obnox I'm obnoxious in the way I handle things sometimes. Yeah, he says it right <laughs> on the podcast for all of us. Right in front of Seth, he said it on the podcast. Oh, it's going to be a tough holiday. Hopefully, Seth and Becky can get over this by November.
Uh, yeah, because even him, uh, this whole thing seems really awkward. And maybe Ric Flair is, look, he probably, there is a lot of bias there with the Becky Lynch stuff, the Triple H stuff, the Seth Rollins stuff. It is, and maybe him and Buddy Murphy have had some amazing conversations backstage. Maybe Seth Rollins being a top guy kisses the ring and then walks away. Buddy Murphy walks up and kisses the ring and then goes, Rick, what could I do? What else do I need to do? Did you watch my match? Rick, what do you think about this? I have these ideas. What else should I? Like Seth probably sees the old man and goes, hey, I'm already on the top. I've already gotten all the information that Ric Flair gave to Triple H. So now I have that info already. So I don't need you as much as Buddy Murphy probably needs you right now. I need to start setting a Ric Flair alarm. I need to make table nachos like you do during WWE to make yourself like WWE. Because I'll watch these episodes like a day later, and then I'll, I'll miss all the fun. I can't pay attention to this guy when he's talking to Mark Madden. Mark Madden occasionally breaks my focus of Total War, Warhammer 3, and I'm like, who's yelling? And then I go right back to being the patriarch of Kislev, confederating the Ice Queen, you know? Knowing that we feel the same without sin. We have no past, we won't reach back. Keep moving forward all through the night. So please, Ric Flair is on YouTube. He does his show. He was in rare form this week. He looked like he just woke up, which at his age means he might be on the way out. It's like the opposite. And he had the gall to talk shit about Daniel Bryan. Listen to this, Fleeties. Don't get too angry. Remember, he's still Ric Flair. He's in the wrestling Mount Rushmore. Like, we God. talk about Bryan Danielson being being the best worker out there. I think AJ Styles is Who in his that? league. Brian, oh, Dan Brian Danielson is, is no AJ Styles. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Not even yeah, okay, Mark. What a perfect name for Mr. Madden. We, we know you're going to agree. You're going <laughs> to validate this old fuck. Ladies, Daniel Bryan is 10 AJ Styles's. Gosh, I don't don't make me do this. Like each guy is so different. I love them both. So I have to do I have to pick one because neither one of them are as good as The Rock. You have to pick, but not right now. I'll give you another minute. You see, but that's what I mean about him not getting credit. But I've never heard that from anybody except. Oh God. God, it's all over the place. Enough. Listen to this guy. Of course you haven't fucking heard it. When Daniel Bryan went to AEW, I told Tyler Spida, your generation don't know shit. You don't even know what you're in for. I didn't realize it wasn't just young kids who didn't know about Deep Bryan. It's also the old guys. Daniel Bryan's from the blind spot generation, Fleeties. You remember Zack Ryder? You remember Cody Rhodes back in 2011, 2012 when he should have been Mitt B? You remember Ziggler, Fandango, and Damian Sandow? The blind spot generation. Where are their Royal Rumbles? Some Del Rio guy showed up and stole one. I guess he was a young guy who got something. But there was a whole generation left in a blind spot. And Ric Flair was blind to it as well. And I am curious because I, I look at Brian and Flair like kind of very similar. Like just as far as size compared to who they're working with. Because I'm wondering if maybe Flair's argument is like to be the best the best guy, you gotta be you gotta be big. Like you have to be in that same ilk of I even look at like a Ricky the Dragon is bigger than Daniel Bryan. So I'm wondering if that's their critique. Like, what does Rick not see? Because clearly, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could probably name just as many good Daniel Bryan. I could probably name more good Daniel Bryan matches than probably any other active wrestler. And I brought up this blind spot generation for probably a year now. And D-Bry is the king of it. He actually overcame it. He broke through uh, the the brass ring and he did it with the least he did the most with the least his work was all he had you saw what he looked like squatting next to Shawn michaels on his first day 
I really hope this works out. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's gonna. You're fucking amazing. You have more grit, and you're the hardest worker. And Ric Flair missed it. Yeah, this was. And by the way, Ric Flair saying AJ Styles spoken like a guy who ruined the perfect retirement to go to TNA. That sounds exactly like Ric Flair. Close. You see, but that's what I mean about not him. even close. I'm going back. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Not even close. You see, but that's what I mean about him not getting credit. But I've never heard that from anybody except who, Oh, who? God. Everyone. God, it's all over. We the- all say it. God, he sounds like Tyler to me. Sounds like a 22-year-old Fortnite playing kid. Daniel Bryan? Not even close. Place. What? No, please. I'm telling you. I, I, hey. Brian, Brian Davidson, very good when he's no AJ Styles. Come on. Well, that's what I mean about AJ not getting credit. Well, that's just one, one comment from who? Me. I think we both know who. Who? Me. Well, Meltzer. Meltzer named his award after him. The Brian yeah. Danielson Wrestler of the Year. Oh, he didn't name the award after me. The award named after me. This is the best part right here. Because, again, this guy, the blind spot, it involves entire decades here. So he remembers when he had an award named after himself, Ric Flair, Wrestler of the Year. He doesn't know there's a new Daniel Bryan one. He doesn't know anyone likes Daniel Bryan. Who's, what, one guy said he's as good as AJ? What a maniac. No way. He's not even close. And look, we got to educate this poor man. Here. Oh, he didn't name the award after me. The award named after me. No, no, no. The Wrestler of the Year is the Luthez Ric Flair Award. Yeah. The, the, the Best Worker Award is the Brian Danielson Award. Look at that face. You tell me <laughs> people aren't, they don't have pitchforks? They're not burning down the statue of, in Springfield? Like, no, they're not, Ric Flair, because we agree. We, we named it. Daniel Bryan's the greatest worker you'll ever see, ladies. And I thought you would have known by now. No, well, and, and look, when we do wrestling rankings and when I think of, like, good match scenarios, especially for AEW, like, he's he's perfect. We, we were almost – I was sad that he left WWE. I remember his match with Roman Reigns was one of those, you know, okay, he's clearly going to stay in WWE. Like, because if it was me and I know he's leaving, he's eating a spear in a minute and a half and Roman's going to stand over him for an hour and then put a boot on him and get the win. <laughs> so when he had that epic match to, to on his way out, I thought, okay, he's coming back. But even him in AEW, he's been he's been having banger after banger. He's been putting people to sleep with no arms. So SYXX Pastor Sexy has grit and says D Bry should kick this old rapist head in. Not even at AEW. Ladies, especially at AEW. Without this AEW run, he's the worst wrestler of all time. The worst worker. Keep up. Remember how much I hated him last year? This AEW <laughs> run is why we remember. The guy who dropped the greatest missile dropkick in SummerSlam history back in 2011, or was it 2010, against the Nexus. Ladies, I was in the hospital getting my gallbladder out, and I was like, who's this little midget fucking? What's he even doing on a pay-per-view? And by the end, he was the best part, all because of his work. AJ Styles did pull that off on a DVD in the late 2000s, but not to this level. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Ric Flair, who is this <laughs> Doesn't agree with that. Well, your award's the bigger award if indeed. I, I, listen to that answer. Well, just so you know, your award's still bigger than Daniel Bryan's is. Like, you're still better, I promise. Doesn't agree with that. Don't, well, don't fire me, like Conrad, please. Your award's the bigger award if indeed I, I, any I, of those I, I, I are think big AJ, at all. I, I think AJ Styles is. I mean, I'm this. Brian Danson is very good, but he's not AJ Styles. I want yeah, to kill Nick, him. I agree, and, and I don't think either of us means. Then again, Bleedy's AJ Styles does that awesome moonsault slop drop. 
Well, they, they both rule. Like, so I don't know where this. It's so rough to go one v one wrestler because ultimately neither one of them are the are the top guy right now. Neither one of them are Roman Reigns. Neither one of them are, are Hangman. What? You could probably make the argument that Debray might be a level a level above Hangman already, but it's just so strange to pick two guys who aren't really doing the same thing at this moment. You know, like uh, AJ's in a feud with Edge, and like we just saw him wrestle finally for the first time in a while. Debray's in a tag team where they're they're beating jobbers every week. So uh, yeah, like it's kind of different. It's rough to say like. Who's better at this very moment? Like, I don't know. That's not fair. No, Debray, best all time, best right now, better than Flair. Ladies, Debray's in the best tag team of all time right now. And we thought that was the Street Profits a year ago. Now we have a whole new perspective on tag teams. And the Young Bucks thought they were going to bring it to us. You're a, you're a small hardy boys. You didn't do anything new here. But when I see Daniel Bryan and Mox, this is completely new, ladies. Or did we do this in Japan? Did Tony Khan rip it off again? I've never seen these guys team up before. I like it. Uh, I like that they put Regal on commentary. I like that he also like compliments the other teams as the matches are going on. He's like, you can tell he's got the fight like his father, wrestles like his father. I, I do enjoy that it's not – it doesn't feel like typical wrestling you know, manager or third wheel kind of guy. And now they're bringing in somebody else to their little group. Ooh. I don't know what the idea is with their pinnacle, but I can't wait to see it. That part scared me because I'm already writing in my notes, best team ever, all caps. This is so great. Then Mox goes, so Will or Yuta, huh? And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> we're jumping the shark. This is going to be the – we're already ruining it. And once we start the meter flex and it goes running all through Also, Gino, Ric Flair's talking again. Ric Flair cursed Chad Gable. And I can't believe what he said. Listen to this, uh, Gino. So we have Ric Flair on his podcast getting all the headlines, taking them from Conrad. Where the fuck is it? Taking them from Conrad. Conrad hates it. Conrad said Ric Flair's show wouldn't exist in three months. Well, now he's already dwarfed you, you fat fuck. He was hoping Ric Flair would die in the next three months when he said that. Well, not likely. Here comes Ric Flair to say, Chad Gable reminds me of how people used to treat me when I was whatever I was. What the fuck does that mean? Sports Keita put in brackets a major star. I don't know if this is what Ric Flair meant, considering we're talking about Chad Gable. But Flair continues, and he's a great talent. The weird thing about Flair saying something that vague is there's so many errors in his career. Is that he reminds you of you before the plane crash that broke your back or after? Like, in what decade? So it must be really early on that he's talking about this Ric Flair, right? It would have to since Chad Gable is still young right now and again being an Olympian and a master's degree student. And it makes perfect sense. Interesting you say that. Yeah, and I think you're, you're, you think what Ric Flair does. You're both wrong, but we'll get to that. Flair continues. Uh, Chad Gable's problem is going to be his size his whole career. You're right. He thinks he's young like you do. He's like looking ahead at a whole career. Fucking Chad Gable's 35 fucking years old. He's not even in the demo anymore. He watches Fox News now with me. We, we have my pillows. Sorry, Tony Khan. You lost that battle. We don't matter to him anymore. We don't matter to Jericho. The demo gone. We're not in the demo, Gino. G Gino's in his 60s. He thinks he's in the demo. But this uh, Ric Flair is acting like, yeah, we have a spring chicken, and, spring chicken in Chad Gable. Chad Gable's in his prime because he sucked for 12 years. He had to do it for a while. Flair continues. He can make a hell of a living, though, one day. <laughs> Uh, Chad Gable could be Dolph. <laughs> oh, don't. That's the curse. 
He's only 35. Don't put that on him already. Uh, Rick Flair says he, <laughs> Chad Gable could be Dolph. Chad Gable could work for 20 years and get rich, and he's entertaining. Well, I think we're halfway through that already, Gino. Did the rich happen? I think it did, thanks to the forbidden door being opened down south. A lot of people got rich in the Northeast, huh? They really did, man. That's it. We're getting more people, getting more eyes on different promotions, thanks to this forbidden door, and also with Chad Gable getting this big spot right now as a champion finally and promoting him being a master's degree. Gino, you remind me of how people used to treat me when I was whatever I was. I mean, back in uh, high school, I was kid in the corner sitting with the upperclassmen by myself, alienated. Gino the Bull, not hungry that day. All through the night, Stray Cat is crying, so Stray Cat sings back. Ladies, Nick Khan buried Ric Flair. Ric Flair's been exposing everyone. I listened to a full one of his shows, and I miss all this shit. I gotta, like, read about the episode I listened to the next day. Like, oh, he did say that, but he didn't say Becky's name, so I was confused. And I missed this whole Nick Khan pod, Fleeties. Of course, we hate Nick Khan, and Nick Khan hates the white man, and that's why Nick Khan buries Ric Flair. Ric Flair has some other details, but that's the gist of it. Nick Khan wants his globally local product. Do we have that sounder yet, Fleeties? No, we absolutely need it, though, because it's so true that the company, the way it's shaped right now, is not at all what we thought we had. We lost Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, Adam Page, MJF, and now they're all in WWE now. And yes, you're white, MJF. Don't you love that shit? These fucking Jews stay in hiding till they get to brag about their Holocaust, don't they, Bleedies? They love being white till it's inconvenient. Sure, everybody, like, I say this constantly. Everybody wants to find their label. Find my, my, my minority status so that way I can claim that I've also been victimized because victimhood, it, it forces other people to have sympathy for you, and it's ridiculous. Ladies, the great Ric Flair said, we didn't have the same vision for me. Uh, and then Nick Khan makes it personal. Whoa, ladies, all right, here we go. Just because I didn't want to work there and I want to do stuff like this, like his podcast. So I can, well, yeah, well, Paige couldn't do that either. She had to become a different person to go have a Twitch <laughs> channel. She's Soraya now. And no one will, wants to see that leak anymore. Even Brad Maddox won't jerk off to those leaks on video. He jerks off to the old ones like us. So Flair says, just because I didn't want to work there and I want to do stuff like this, you should have started the union, you piece of shit. The, the only, Ric Flair's show is fun to listen to. But every time he has an opinion, it's annoying. And every time Mark Madden has an opinion, it's annoying. So it's this weird balance of like, how much time do I have to kill? Did I watch BTE? I missed a month of it. I'll just watch Ric Flair anyway. Like, it's weird. He has no, you feel like he, and this isn't like, why would he pay attention? But you just feel like he hasn't paid attention. He doesn't know who anyone is. Like, they'll bring up like Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Who's that? I, I'm not familiar <laughs> with him. But if, Triple <laughs> a, if Hunter likes him, he must be good. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think for me, I just the, the Ric Flair podcast coming out was just too late. Like, no offense to Ric Flair. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. But we just, I, I got burned by the Kurt Angle show. I thought I was going to love that. And I love that for about 10 episodes, maybe even six episodes. I didn't make it very long in, into that. The Jeff Jarrett one, I thought, oh, the home run. That's an amazing person to do a podcast with. And that didn't go well for me. It just, something to wrestle with kind of ruined all of these old wrestlers telling stories. Because Bruce just has a way of really 
getting into the story and doing impressions and making it fun. Whereas I feel like these other wrestlers are just doing it because Bruce was so successful at it. Like, that's the only reason this formula exists now. Well, Conrad even sent it. Oh, fuck me. Conrad even sanitized Jim Ross. Because Jim sure. Ross was telling a story we all know. Harris Brothers kicking Shawn Michaels' ass. We've been telling this story for 20 years. Jim Ross tells it like we've never heard it before, and he just says, they had a confrontation once in the locker room. What are you not Tell us the story. Shawn Michaels was real mad about the something to wrestle with the sunny fucking. And they had to, like, apologize and make two remixes, cut out a half hour. So, I mean, these shows get worse every fucking day. They'll edit the good ones and make them worse. And Shawn Michaels is active about fixing these stories up now. He's, he found Jesus, and now we like him, so he didn't get beat up anymore. He just had a confrontation with the Harris brothers. <laughs> no, yeah. I, well, that's, that's what... But isn't that the fun part of telling these stories? Because you even hear Conrad, and it is annoying as a Shawn Michaels guy, or at least a fan of his, where you do hear him say, that's why Shawn's the biggest bitch ever, and Ric Flair's the greatest. Like, he, he is so ready to shit on Shawn in a lot of those episodes, but you can kind of tell... Now that, now that Conrad's more integrated in the wrestling community, now that Sean's not the same person that Conrad hated all those years ago, it really is, he's gone too deep. It's more fun when it's you and I doing it because we're not connected to any of this shit. We had Sammy Guevara in our chat talking shit, and then he said something on, the, on, on air or on, on the feed, and then that got him almost canceled, and everyone got mad at us, not it him. got us canceled, <laughs> and him almost canceled. Got our backup channel. Now, Black Got him with TNT says, I'm sure Vlitis will agree with me. PCO is better than Sting. Well, Vlitis Squared Circle said that Kevin Scampoli took responsibility for that. So when Tony Khan read that, the fucking war was started. Tay Conti blocked me, Vlitis. Of course she'd block me. I'm only the only person who was saying over and over it's not her fault. Remember that? It's not Tay Conti's fault over and over again. Well, now apparently that's not enough, Vlitis. I was going to blame Pam. Well, I'm wondering if I'm blocked, because why, why would you be blocked by Ty Conti? Like, that really seems oddly, Sammy, like, preemptively, he's going, hey, make sure you block this guy, this guy, this guy, block this guy, block this guy. Sammy, we're still Snapchat buds. I always forget that I have that app, and then I always get notified when you post something. Well, ladies, remember, her life is none of our business. By the way, here's us kissing on the vlog called We Kissed. Here's our Christmas card. Here's our outtakes on Instagram. I wish it was none of my fucking business. Lucky for you and me, Bleedies, it's not our business anymore. Yeah, well, we're not allowed. We're just blocked. We're completely excommunicated from it. Much like Scott Demore blocked me for what, whatever reason. That had to be another Sammy thing. Hey, Sammy's coming over from AEW. We're going to do cross-promotional stuff. Sammy, what do we need to do to get you here? Well, you got to block Bleedies on Twitter. That's number, I mean, that's number one with a bullet. And you have to fake this engagement with Pam as we sneak into their minds and lie to them. And can you get an ankle injury but live through it? I knew a guy who couldn't. Felidius Ric Flair said, just because I didn't want to work there. Nick Khan was a fucking asshole. Because I wanted to do stuff like this. My fucking show and shit. And then he says, oh, okay. So because I wanted to do stuff like this so I can reflect on my career. Nick Khan, he buries me. I need somebody to explain this to me. How on God's green earth do you take the flares, take that brand, and not make it a fixture of that company? Yeah, we had Bret Hart holding up the WWE, the AEW title. You're making the Hart family matter again. If the Flares need some dignity, Triple H can't do it right now. He's on break. Tony Khan can do it. Let's give Triple. Uh, let's give Ric Flair a tournament on Rampage. Yeah, <laughs> he should be honored. Like 
he clearly is the greatest wrestler ever. The territory days, he kept wrestling alive in such a unique way. Where imagine if he wasn't ever there, it would have just been Vince having complete control of everything, buying out every territory, and then it was just WWE. There was never any place else to work. So he he was the other he was the other major champion, and all over the world, people knew who Ric Flair was. And just to confirm. I am blocked by Ty Conti on Twitter. What does Ric Flair know that we don't? How come he's mad at Nick Khan and not Vince McMahon? Because you can trash Nick Khan and maybe get a second chance above his head. Because isn't Vince known for scrubbing people? Wouldn't Vince have scrubbed the Ric Flair for all the bad media, for the dark side of the ring, for complaining about the man nickname? Or does Nick Khan just run everything now and Ric Flair leaked it? <laughs> no, hey, that's not out of the realm of possibility where... Uh, we're looking at this new era of wrestling with Dark Side of the Ring where everybody just trusts that as gospel with shoot interviews and everybody trusts that as gospel. Like there's no, And it's cancel culture. You're guilty until proven innocent. And unfortunately, we don't have... There's no trial. You're not going to stand trial. You're just guilty. So if Nick Khan sees anybody has a red flag, they're just gone. There's no... Unless you're Jimmy Uso getting a DUI, there's no reason to keep you around. Yeah, you're globally local. You're like an Islander-looking motherfucker. Ladies, I'm the voice of the voiceless. By the way, back to Jimmy Uso real quick. Uh, I think he ordered that filet of fish on that receipt. Because like I said, he's an Islander-looking motherfucker. And doesn't it seem like those people like the filet of fish? And then, you know, those people like Naomi, those the ghetto people, the black people, they get the two-cheeseburger meal with the large Diet Coke, don't they? No, so the filet of fish, I the only re people that I know to get it are Catholics. Like, it seems like that's a Catholic thing because on Fridays, you're not supposed to eat meat during Lent. So the filet of fish gets like this huge push to make it about wrestling again. And every, every person who follows Lent doesn't have meat on Fridays. Oh, I can't have meat, so it's filet of fish time. You're telling me the black guy? Wait, so the black girl didn't get it? <clears throat> Ladies, which one's more Christian? Oh, dude, Obviously, I, Naomi. I, from my experience, black people do not eat fish. They do not trust the fish. I don't know then. This border's a mystery. Who's in the backseat? Alexa Bliss? She seems like she'd get a filet of fish. Maybe the two cheeseburger meal is for Naomi and Jimmy Uso, and they're going to share that. Parts made in Japan has grit and says double filet of fish extra tartar. Double filet? Ayako, you're bluffing. She always bluffs. She bluffed with a double quarter pounder once, and I got it. I called the bluff. Not anymore, ladies. I got my soylent now. Like happy, Kevin. I got two cases of this shit. Oh, under those white street lamps, there is a little chance they may see. Oh, here we go. Look at this. So it starts with Becky's stupid tweet of this picture of her with them. And Ric Flair grabs the picture, compares it to his picture with Migos. And he says, the mood is night and day. One's, he need deleted this, so we have to see it on Sports Kita. One's oh real God. and one's make-believe. She's big time, but there's no... He capitalizes every word. Is that because of his phone or because of his age? Uh, I think it's just him cutting a promo. Every word that he says has to be capitalized. It's, it's that title structure. This is all one headline, okay? It's not a paragraph. It's not a few sentences. The headline is, the mood is night and day. Real and ones make believe. There's no drip and there never will be. I knew Becky was behind the drip concept. She started that one stuff and a bee started dressing Seth instead of Becky. The drip was gone, though. She knew drip when she had control of his attire. Uh, Rick continues. She, I thought she was the man, but I guess not. 
Because she don't own it, huh? What are you gonna? What are you going to? When are you going to give up, Becky Lynch? Is this a work, ladies? Is this forbidden door stuff? You saw on Raw tonight. WWE is catering to us now. The teenage fan. Is that what I'm, I think I'm in that demo, ladies. I'm in the 16 to 23. And that's what Raw was for tonight. We had dual talk where we had somebody come out and say, Some, what so-and-so deserved to lose Sunday. It, the Miz said Edge deserved to lose. And we know he's talking to the Mark kids like, yeah, like that chant, you deserve it. He's also talking to the cool, smart teenagers like me. That chant, you deserve it. Out the right people. We know deserve means handed to. He made, we should have handed him a loss. The office, Fleeties, should have wrote Edge to lose, Miz said. So that, you know, this is all, now this forbidden door shit's going on with Ric Flair. The whole pro, the show's catering to us again. The Attitude Era's here. Deal with it. <laughs> well, yeah, we could be, we could talk to the Marks. We could talk to the message boards. We can do some dirt sheet, uh, dirt sheet fodder. We're all okay with that. We like when CM Punk tells a little bit of truth in those promos. So is so, Ric Flair working us then? Is this fake? Did they write this tweet? I think he's actually doing a little bit of an go-go where this is just his character. He's always going to fuck with Becky Lynch because she claims to be the man. And this is going to be a fun Twitter beef that he's going to keep alive for decades or however long he has left. And she's always going to be able in her interviews to go, I don't know why Ric Flair doesn't like me. It's misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be able to go, Woo! That's all that matters. <laughs> Does this embarrass Charlotte? Does she hate her dad right now? Is it too awkward? Because look, this he's going to tarnish his legacy. Does she say shit like that to her dad? I love it, Bleedies, and he's right. Look, look at these two pictures. The mood is night and day. They hate Becky Lynch. They love Ric Flair. Hip-hop culture loves Ric Flair. No, they do. And look, even with... You talk about tarnishing Ric Flair's legacy. Like, is this going to tarnish it? They tried to... Dark Side of the Ring tried to bury Ric Flair with these uh, 20-year-old sexual assault allegations that she got paid for. So they tried to bury him then. And look, Flair's creating his own pot. He uncanceled himself. And now he's hanging out with these rappers who probably have a litany of sexual assault allegations again. I remember our good friend Hambino posted something about Nelly. And I was like, you I thought Nelly was when we super kicked you right in the face. Well, I thought he was in prison for rape. 1,000 elixir. Whoa, that's a lot of elixir, though. Ladies, uh, remember when Becky acted like Ric Flair threatened her? Because he said, oh, you're going to beat up my daughter at Survivor Series. I'm going to have to be there to see that. And then she's like, <laughs> he threatened on Ariel Hawani. He threatened to be there and, like, attack me. It's like, no, he's not Royal Fat doing you. He's Ric Flair in you. And you wish you could ride Space Mountain. You're right, Fleeties. He's just his character. That's his life now. It's been long enough. And he ain't ashamed anymore. And it's a problem when people are ashamed of who they are. Ric Flair ain't that. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and that dark side of the ring probably brought out that heel Ric Flair character that had kind of been dormant for years. This is the guy who I love the story of him and Ricky Steamboat in the gas station where one's a heel, one's a babyface, and a fan walked in and was like, wait, why are you guys hanging out? And then they started fighting in the gas station just, just to keep kayfabe alive because Ric Flair doesn't just go to a gas station with his buddies. No, he's got to kick Ricky Steamboat's ass and it's heel baby everywhere they go. He's a heel. Like, he's he was that limousine riding Split jet flying Master Sexy has written and says, Ric Flair drip show my dick to a bitch. Yes, drip <laughs> is his. The man is his. And there's Seth and Becky taking everything. They, they, they're, try, they're trying to take it and they can't. And just as uh, Ric Flair says, you don't own the man and you can't drip like me. 
What a beautiful sight, Fleeties. I hope we're that cool when we're at 110. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's having the greatest time. They look like they're having the greatest time. He fits in so well with this, like you're saying, this culture where we all know that these guys have uh, like these troubled pasts and these troubled current times. Uh, wasn't who? Which one's married to Cardi B was texting chicks while she's talking to him? Well, on Fleeties, this culture Walk. loves him because he just throws money around and bling and women. It's not anything <laughs> deeper than that. Don't try to make glow inspirational again. Ladies, Dustin Rhodes doesn't want to be Ric Flair. He doesn't want to be remembered as a Ric Flair. And he doesn't have to worry about that. So that's <laughs> luckily this isn't a concern. But here's what he had to say about this. Can't believe you didn't get the fast nationals and the tickets. And uh, so Dustin said, could I be better? <laughs> Hell yeah, I could. Do I regret <laughs> anything? Absolutely not. Nothing. Zero. What about when he was that gimp fleeties? What about when he put that red gimp ball in his mouth and Luna whipped him? He doesn't regret that. That silver outfit. This guy's nowhere near Ric Flair. Now, we talk about his character work as the artist formerly known as Goldust with the blue hair and the, the, the ball gag. everything, the, the stuttering gimmick when he was back to being gold, Goldust, Black Rain and TNA. He's done so many things that aren't good. So, like, I, I, under, like, I don't know how we could even think. Well, people might be thinking I'm like a Ric Flair, but I don't want to be that. <laughs> well, he does try to put it in a respect context, but it's not even close to acceptable. Fuck this guy for this whole thing. This guy, go, D Dustin Reynolds, says, I've had a hell of a career, and, you know, I want to keep contributing as much as possible before I retire. But, you know, I look at Sting right now. He's 62. He's utilized a little bit. Is he burying Sting, too? He's not <laughs> utilized a lot, and that's good. So I can do this, man. I know I can do this. But I don't want to be a Ric Flair to where I have to wrestle to pay my bills, right? I don't want that. Yeah, well, Ric Flair doesn't want to be a gold dust, you fat fuck. You suck. <laughs> you're like a joke. What the, do you think you're your dad or your brother? Get fucked. When we boo Cody, we're booing your whole shitty career. He did have one, a couple good months when he was a fag in WWE, ladies. Remember when he was a fag and he would kiss guys? And Ahmed Johnson <laughs> would get mad? And then Razor Ramon hated his body getting rubbed? So I guess when this guy was a big fag, he was pretty cool. But that was only a few months and he sucked real quick. Sonic Gino has grit and says Black Rain was based. This guy's idea of selling now, Dustin Reynolds, is to slightly lean over when Daniel Bryan punches him. Maybe you shouldn't be in there. Ric Flair can still do a match. He and Sammy Guevara are about to tear the fucking house down for $100,000 in Puerto Rico with two first-class tickets, Fleeties. So this guy should be dreaming of letting that happen. Oh, imagine gold dust for Sammy Guevara next week. We'll skip that, won't we? We would. And look, there's no, not everybody gets to be Ric Flair, and I think that Dustin has his own niche carved out, but there's no way he could look at – his career was supposed to be like a Ric Flair – it was so, like everything was kind of given to him. Hey, I'm I'm Dusty's kid. I'm the natural. I'm what was he? The cowboy at one point. They gave him every sort of territory gimmick that he could have in the 80s. And even Vince was like, he's just like Dusty's kid who's not as good as Dusty. What am I going to do with him? You know, Hollywood. And they made him into the Oscar statue. And yeah, like you're saying, he got real over doing the homoerotic stuff. Oh, he's androgynous. I apologize. What gender is he? Who knows? How progressive were they back in 95? So, 
like looking at his career, he's had like sure he's been ups and downs, ups and downs. But to even say you're anywhere near Ric Flair wrestling to pay the bills is something that yeah we're like clamoring for. We're down for more Ric Flair. Him and Sammy would be great. I'll, I'll, we'll get first class ticks to Puerto Rico with him. We'll be seat fillers. So I hope. <laughs> I don't know where he's why, why did this come up and he's saying like well I just I could be a manager like Sting I could do a couple tags here and there like great cool so you you and Santino could be a team or something who knows thank God Cody got blackpilled and got off Twitter Cody realized Twitter had been lying to him whispering in his ear since the start of his AEW uh, company and this Dustin still listens to him I think because on Twitter Rick Blair's like a scumbag loser. Like where no one has any fun in that miserable website of grounded kids tweeting their angst at their parents, but through like presidents with orange hair. And that's all daddy issues, all that Trump stuff, ladies, regardless of your age. But it's mostly kids on that site. And Cody's off there. Dustin has to see these kids disrespect Ric Flair. They don't know that Ric Flair uncanceled himself. His podcast is amazing. Sure, Mark Madden tries to squeeze in his shitty fucking opinions like we care. And he really shoehorns them in. But he does it to set up Rick. So Rick will eventually talk and Mark Madden will shut the fuck up. And that's a fun part of that show. But God bless Ric Flair for giving this to us. Yeah, Dustin, don't do a podcast either. Don't be Ric Flair at all. So Dustin says, I know I can do this, but I don't want to be a Ric Flair to where I have to wrestle to pay my bills, right? Yeah, get married a few times. You might. This guy lost one wife and almost killed himself. (laughs) Ric Flair lost like 18 wives. And all he does is take his dick out and dance about it. He's not miserable like gold dust. You ever hear these stories about Dustin? All you lost was Marlena. Settle down. We've seen her, right, Felides? Well, the plane ride from hell, yeah, obviously him singing on the on the, the overhead speaker, like all that stuff you hear about how depressing his life was or is. But then he's also, what's not fair about what he's doing right now is he's comparing Ric Flair, the like the legacy and the career to his situation in his personal life. Like Ric Flair has been through several divorces. He's got tons of alimony to pay. We get it. So Dustin's pretty much saying like, I don't want to be a Ric Flair, like somebody who gets married a lot. Like he's taking a weird personal shot at Rick, which is kind of, I don't know, scumbaggy. Like, why are you bringing that up? Let's just like, why would, why don't you say like, you know, I don't want to like, just do anything else. It's weird to just make it like, well, I don't want to wrestle like Rick. I mean, obviously Rick's got to pay. Well, it must make Tony Khan happy, right? You know, because Eric Bischoff and Tony Khan are doing this fake work of a fight. Eric Bischoff's like, Ric Flair won't. Eric Bischoff's like, Tony Khan won't return my calls. But I bet Tony Khan really won't return Ric Flair's. I bet it's a shoot. And I bet in the office it's cool to make fun of Ric Flair. You know, like you get points. You remember when Tony Khan tweeted, Hulk Hogan's not even welcome at our events. Only the biggest star of all time. Uh, He's not. We don't want people like him around or his wife. I think he might have added the wife, too. I can't remember. Or she jumped in and was mean. So, you know, we're all just trying to please the billionaire. We know we'll get brownie points with Tony if we knock Ric Flair down a peg right when he's about to die. Oh, Dustin continues. Utilize me. And Tony Khan is really good about it. Taking good care of me. And I know that he will. And I believe in that. I don't know. I don't know. I saw Brody Lee die on Tony Khan's watch, Fleeties. You saw it, too. We can blame Cody all you want. I know you're booing him over that, but it's Tony. Well, wasn't he having the lung issue like when he dropped the belt? Like it was instead of just, hey, he's not feeling well, he's dropping the title. It's, well, we can do a match, right? You can lose to Cody one more time. So I, I don't know the whole story. I didn't listen to all the unrestricteds and all that stuff, but it just, it's strange to hear this argument from Dustin. It's strange to hear 
Like, I don't want to be a Ric Flair. Like, why don't you make a Randy the Ram reference? Do why do you got to pick at somebody personally? It's just that yeah, to me that and seems Rick odd. Ric Flair is not a Randy the Ram. He is someone you should want to be. He's still very cool, and he's like ninety. Good luck doing that, Dustin Reynolds. Whatever you end up being, Ric Flair is four thousand times better. A big woo in your fucking face. Sammy Guevara knows how to treat Ric Flair because Ric Flair was coming out about his match he wants with Sammy, and he has the plane tickets, first class. He's got the contract, 100000 or something like a million bucks. It's actually, he's getting two Cleopatra eggs. It's like the biggest payoff <laughs> in wrestling history. And Sammy Guevara tweeted, I'd show you, but he blocked me. So all things sign isn't Sammy. I'm still blocked. Or it could be Secret Sammy. But Vladi, Sammy tweeted, Spanish God versus, no, the wrestling God versus the Spanish God. And he put wrestling God first. And he's acknowledging what Ric Flair is. Dustin Rhodes thinks he's like a legend or something. Tony Khan's been kissing his ass for too many years. You're not a legend. You're not on a level where you can talk about Ric Flair this way. You can't even talk about The Undertaker this way. And The Undertaker sucks. There's a whole list of guys that I would put in front of Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, seven. Like I, I don't know. It's strange. Black Rain. How many times can we keep saying it where, look, Dustin, we appreciate some of the matches, but also you're kind of a meme. So let's stop pretend. Like even Sting. Like I could do Sting. It's like, no, you can't. Like Sting is Sting. <laughs> like the crowd goes apeshit when Sting. When I, when I saw that Sting was wrestling tonight, I stopped everything. Sting's about to have a match. I, I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. When Goldust is fighting uh, Daniel Bryan and I turn the TV on and I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know he was in this tournament. Interesting. Dustin Reynolds put on the only bad match with Daniel Bryan in AEW. So figure out how he pulled that off. It's just selling. That's how he pulled it off. But you can find other reasons. Oh, the sleep in your eyes is enough. Let me be there. Let me stay there a while. Gino, Ric Flair pissed me off. Now, he didn't make me angry with his Brian Danielson comments last week. Not, he did, but not enough to bring it up. I'm, I watch every Ric Flair show. I can't miss my Mark Madden fix every day. He's, he's my second favorite fat guy, Gino, behind Conrad Thompson. He's Ric Flair's first favorite. Now, last week, uh, Flair did say that D. Bry is no steamboat as a babyface, and he's no Ric Flair as a heel. And I, this did trigger me because I've always hated Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> Because I'm not Ric Flair, I didn't get to work with him a bunch of times, you know? I only, I'm a WWE fan. I don't like mid-carters from Japan. I don't know what else you can call this guy. So this guy couldn't cut a promo. He's never been in a match that mattered. Randy Savage had to script out every move for him. Sounds like he sucks to me. But that's, so uh, uh, Daniel Bryan's like 10 Ricky Steamboats to me. I'll never chant yes at Ricky Steamboat. But listen to what Ric Flair said this time. This is way worse, Gino talks about Raven. Did Raven garner the respect he deserved for management and other wrestlers? Nate, I love the Raven character, the self-loathing grunge loser. Very up-to-date for the time, and I thought Scotty... I'm watching this, and I said out loud, there's no way Ric Flair likes Raven. Because if Ric Flair liked Raven, then the late 90s wouldn't have been the worst. If Ric Flair liked Raven, he would have liked all the other young talents that never got pushed. Scott's, if Ric Flair liked Raven, Scott Steiner wouldn't have been right about Ric Flair. When he trashed him on TV, calling that old, out-of-touch piece of shit, the, what's holding back WCW. Smart guy. And then Ric Flair tells you today, it was a booking committee. It's not my fault. No, it's your fault. It's interesting how the committee never sucked as much as when you were on it, you piece of shit. I saw what he did to Scott Steiner in the early 90s in that baby face beat. When Scott was a baby face with a mullet 
Every time Scott was building up his offense, he got cut off. He was getting buried in the ring. Rick Flair didn't know we were smart enough to notice. I couldn't stand it, and I told him so. Really? <laughs> I couldn't stand the gimmick. Oh, man, we're going to argue I bet he told, one. not only did Ric Flair tell Raven, he hated Raven. Ric Flair told Bischoff, I bet. He told Terry Taylor. He told uh, Kevin Sullivan. He made sure to tell everyone on every committee to not let Raven get the belt that he's about to bring up here. Why not? I don't know. I just didn't think sitting in the corner was, was, was that cool. It was I, awesome. I, I, it never got over. It was awesome. Uh, sitting down in the middle of the ring, crossing your legs and talking to the audience. I didn't appeal to me either. Well, right, but when, when he fought... Yeah. Isn't, that all, isn't that perfect, Gino? Doesn't this guy sum up what we think of as the WWE bubble? What we think of as a Jim Ross opinion is actually a Ric Flair one. d is a B-plus player. That's real shit. Undersized. No Steamboat. And if you're no Steamboat, you're a B-minus player. And then don't like CM Punk sitting Indian style. He's under... Why does he have X on his hands? Why does he wrap his wrists? You know, that Teddy Atlas shit. And now, of course, Raven. Why sit in the corner? God, these old idiots... This is what Shawn Michaels dealt with in the 90s. It's, I'm surprised he was able to get by. He had to show everyone his pupline to uh, overcome their uh, negative opinions of the new generation. That is true. And also what I realized is, yes, this is a lot of old people's opinions. But what then surprised me is that Jim Cornette sometimes has the opposite. He actually supports and likes no. people like possibly no. Raven and Brian. No, Jim Cornette uh, says good things about people he likes interpersonally. If he's in a good friendship with you, he'll make you happy. And Jim Cornette was saying that about Ric Flair just this week, which is great. Because Rick Flair, when Ric Flair said that deep rise steamboat shit, uh, Cornette's like, he must have been trying to make Triple H happy. <laughs> because the, the big part of Ric Flair's deep rise point was that Triple H got him over and all that bullshit. But also, of course, Ric Flair's another guy who didn't like ECW. And it's because he was a lazy fuck who could do a headlock for an hour, but he wouldn't take bumps for an hour. Yet he has a reputation like he could work. Get the fuck out of here. I couldn't stand the gimmick. Oh, man, we're going to argue about this. Why not? And it's okay. The guy broke his back. Why take a bump? You know, those aren't real bumps he took. I don't know. I just didn't think sitting in the corner was, was, was that cool. I, I, I never got over it. It was awesome. And his DDT was awesome. The even flow. Every promo was perfect. Until Eric Bischoff came in and got take five and six. And got what Eric Bischoff wanted. We have that video, Gino, we've watched multiple times, of Eric Bischoff producing Raven, and that's always depressing. Uh, sitting down in the middle of the ring, crossing your legs and talking to the audience, I didn't appeal to me either. Well, right, yeah. but when, when he fought, yeah. he went crazy. Yeah, he should have got a girl's haircut. Yeah, 90s Ric Flair knew it was cool. It wasn't like he was a terrible worker. It just Maybe he should have had big tits like Ric Flair. I don't know. Something I didn't say, I didn't say the Ric Flair was always a fat old guy my whole life. It was never blonde hair. It was always gray hair to me. It never once looked like bleach blonde. I was like, what an old fuck with only white hair. Looks like Steve Martin. Worker yesterday, but like the gimmick. I said, no. See, I told wow. him. See, I thought that was the best gimmick of the 90s. <laughs> I really did. Oh, see, you're going to laugh, but it was up to date. It wasn't, it wasn't antiquated. Mark it Madden was, was a very hip commentator in those late 90s, Gino. Early O's. Uh, 2000, I think, right? So Mark Madden came from the internet, right? And Vince Russo, we, were, we all had the Vince Russo mindset then. We knew Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair sucked then. And since then, Triple H and Shawn Michaels have muddied the waters, tried to rebuild Ric Flair's character. And Ric Flair's great and funny when he yells woo, but he's nothing more than a pastiche. As far as the reputation he gets, give that all to Bret Hart. Bret Hart's the wrestler Ric Flair is supposed to be. 
I would agree with the guy. Bret Hart is the wrestler Ric Flair wished he could have been. Because Ric Flair, yeah, he had his little audience and had his little group of fans that were around the South area. But he never could really make it up to be that bigger star that he wished he could have been. But it's also sad because Vince Russo kind of changes his tune these days. Jeff Jarrett, definitely. Now Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett don't act like wrestling soulmates anymore. They act like their whole work of the forbidden door work of jumping to WCW to be world champion wasn't a plan. And like they act like Vince Russo wasn't trying to get Jeff Jarrett in a feud with Stone Cold. Like it's just this whole Conrad is there to like rewrite history on behalf of these people. And that, I guess that's the payment for giving them a platform. But Gino Raven was amazing. The even flow was perfect. The character, the fucking flock. Even even Scotty Riggs was great. He was, and even Serotonin was great in TNA, man. TNA Raven is something that people overlook. He was amazing in Impact. You overlook WCW Kidman. You don't know about the seven-year itch, do you know? Listen, I was a fan of seven-year itch, but when he was in WWF, I enjoyed him even more. He sucked. He was big, was running cruiserweight title. He was Eric Bischoff's friend. That's the only reason he got a job. (laughs) And once he was in WWE and became Austin Theory, he sucked. But Scott Snyder was right about Ric Flair. And I'm glad my hipster 90s, 10-year-old, 12-year-old Kevin Scampoli opinion holds true. As these shoot interviews two decades later expose what we already knew. But Gino, what about Lash Legend? Our girl, 